0: I know, right? This is it's unprecedented awesome. access. Like, yeah, it's crazy. The, the whole setup, you know, without the media, this platform drives that. PR crazy because yeah. it's like, you know, think about stuff before you tweet. Don't make videos. Don't talk to the media. If they call you, you call us. Like, uninterrupted. It's like, nah, f- that fam. They can talk whenever they want. Yeah. They're grown f- men. And we can all go on TV. and That's your f- f- intro right there. Shout out to Maverick Carter and Bron Bron. <laughs> From Uninterrupted, this is 17 Weeks, the show that gives you the real-time perspective of NFL stars living through the weekly grind of the season. I'm your host, Nate Burleson. You've probably seen me talking on your TV screen, but for 11 years, on the football field is where I made my name. However, back in my day, Uninterrupted didn't exist, so I couldn't share my thoughts in real time without needing the media. But that's exactly what we do here on 17 Weeks. And we got three of the best guys in the league. On this episode, Le'Veon voices his frustrations with the Jets' offense. We're not about to keep playing how we've been playing the last two weeks. Cole Beasley reveals why he chose Buffalo over Dallas
1: in free agency. You know, for me, it was, of course, being secure, but also securing more opportunities for me to help out the team. I feel like I could do more. I feel like I finally got that with the Bills. Plus, Jalen Ramsey shares his side of the biggest story of the week. I want to be in a
2: place where they know I'm the best corner in the game They let me play and help the team
0: get wins. Before we get to this episode, quick timeout. 17 Weeks is available exclusively on the Pandora app and SiriusXM On Demand. Be sure to subscribe and share the show, too, while you're at it, man. All right, let's get to the show. We begin in Jacksonville, where it's been an eventful week for our star cornerback, Jalen Ramsey. We'll get to the trade request later in the show. Spoiler alert, you don't want to miss it. But let's start on the field where the Jags took on the division rivals, Houston. Now, the Texans won the war, but with only 40 yards receiving for DeAndre Hopkins, Jalen won the battle of superstar players. Key to
2: success against D-Hop, Mr. 99, was... Being physical, majority of the game, I had to be aggressive at the point of attack. And when the ball was in the air, I was super motivated because, you know, the last time we played was week 17 last year, and he had my number. And right after the game, I remember texting my agent and my trainer at the time uh, in a group message and telling them, yo, I got to get in the lab ASAP. Uh, I got to figure out a way to stop d Really, being honest about it, it's no stopping him. But uh, the way I limited him and held my own, I feel like I definitely put the team in good position to win the game on uh, this past Sunday. So I wish I was able to capitalize a little bit more, especially on that uh, interception attempt when it I started looking at the end zone too early before I really tucked the ball in, started trying to run, then I needed out. So that was frustrating for sure, but I'm very pleased and happy with the performance I put out there, holding one of the best, if not the best, receiver in the NFL to, you know, under 40 yards
0: um, and not a lot of receptions. The entire Jacks defense brought their A game to Houston, but the game was lost when the offense decided to go for two instead of kicking the PAT to tie the game. Now, it was a risky call by the coaching staff and not exactly one the defense was feeling.
2: So when they got the field goal, then we went out and we stopped them. We did exactly what what we were talking about on the sideline. And they went back out again, the offense went back out again. And we like, man, they're going to go down here and they're going to score, man. They're going to score, we're going to tie up the game. We're going to have to go back out with a little less than a minute on the clock. They're going to have to pass the ball. We've been strapping them down all game. We're going to make a play. We're going to end the game or we're going to go into overtime and we're going to win this game. We were just manifesting it on the sideline, really putting in our brains, putting out that positive energy. And our offense marched down the field. They scored the touchdown. Now the score is 13 to 12. And we like, yes, you know, just, you know, tie the game. we thinking tie the game up. Game about to be tied. We're going to go out there and we're going to do our thing. And uh, all in a rush, the coaches came to us and they're like, we're going for two. We're going for two. We're going for two. And immediately we like, I mean, it was mixed emotions over there. Everybody, everybody's like, no, no. Some people are like, all right, let's let's get it. Let's get it. Most of us were like, no, we wanted to tie up. We wanted to, you know, put it on the defense. We were feeling confident. We felt like we had the momentum. We wanted them to really trust us. Like, hey, just tie it up. Then trust us to go out here and make a play or trust us in overtime. But uh, once it sunk in that, yeah, okay, we're definitely going to go for two, uh, that's what we set our minds on. That's what Coach said we was doing, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to go for two, and everybody on board, we're going to score. They're going to get it. They're going to get it. And, uh, man, it was close. It had to be reviewed, of course. But we didn't get it, of course, um, and that was that was heartbreaking because that's our that was a divisional game. We were already 0 1, trying to break back even 1 and 1. That was a a crucial decision, but it was a gutsy call. It just so happened it didn't work out for us. But things happen, you know. It could have it could have went either way. Uh, if we if we would have got it and
0: won the game, he would be a genius right now. So it can go either way. Let's head to New York, where last week Le'Veon Bell was pumped about getting back on the field. But after week two, the Jets are down two starting quarterbacks, two games in the loss column. For star running back Lev, that
3: ain't it. I think we made a lot of mistakes on offense, particularly in the passing game with guys reading their hots, um, pass protection, uh, myself with holding on to the football you know but i don't think the quarterback play was necessarily a problem i think uh those guys coming off the bench came in and you know they handled their own for what they for what they could um but we got to find a way to put points on the board you know and, um i think we had opportunities we missed them um you know a couple of drop balls a couple pre snap pen- penalties that really hurt us before we even got started and football is already hard enough to score points as it is so when you're hurting yourself and you're beating yourself, that's not something you necessarily want to do in the game of football, and we did a lot of that. It's not necessarily the talent that was killing us. It's about people's mindset, making costly mistakes, and not capitalizing when we have the big play opportunity or when we can change the game. I take last week, for example, we were playing with the Bills. We were up, but it got lackadaisical And the Bills end up fighting back and just kind of escaping with the game. And then last night, it was like vice versa. So we had our opportunity to kind of fight our way back into a game, and we didn't do that. i kind of seen guys kind of shy away from it, you know. I can just read the vibe, and that's not something I like. And even with myself, I want to make sure that I'm always presenting that we always have hope and winning the game, no matter how much time is left on the clock. Because football, like I said, is such a long game. So even if there's seven minutes left in the fourth quarter, that's so much time. Any other sports kind of, you know, one-on-one or five-on-five, tennis or basketball, right? But football, it really takes 11 guys, and that's what's so hard about it because it could take one or two guys, not all the way in, and that can separate you being on top or you coming out in defeat. When it's time to practice and everybody watch the film, there's not going to be no finger pointing. And I got to look at myself in the mirror and be like, what could kind of I have done better? Every player should feel that way. And if you don't, this is not the sport for you. This is not the team for you. We're not about to keep playing how we've been playing the last two weeks. We played while we were up ahead and lost, and we played while we were down and lost. We have the players, we have the talent, we have the coaching staff. So that's not the problem. With 21 carries and 10 catches,
0: Lev was the main option for the Jets' offense. And if another quarterback went down... He was ready to play quarterback, too.
3: It was just crazy how quick it came. Um, When Trevor went down, I was thinking, like, whoa, I'm really about to have to play quarterback if, you know. (laughs) Um, It got so realistic. But, yeah, we um, had, like, a lot of walkthroughs and, you know, preparation throughout the course of the week. Obviously, I did not want it to come to that point. But if it did, I would have been prepared. I do feel comfortable with the offense and you know if it ever came to that I would still do whatever I had to do and still try to work as hard as I could to try to get a W but hopefully he doesn't get to that point this situation reminds me
0: of when I played in Detroit because Matt Stafford was young but he was also banged up we had Drew Stanton the list goes on a backup quarterback Sean Hill Kellen Moore and I remember talking to my coach one day and I, I said hey yo yo if these guys keep going down Who's your backup plan to the backup plan? He looked me up and down. He was like, you. What was so funny was we had a trick playing for me where Matt Stafford would drop back. He'd throw me a pitch on the reverse. I'd come around and I'd throw it deep to Calvin Johnson. I don't know why, but when it comes to actually throwing the ball in front of a crowd of people, I had performance anxiety. I also was a terrible free throw shooter. Also in New York this week, buffalo bills they completed their early season ny sweep with a 28 to 14 win over the giants our guy Beasy, he led the bills in receiving yards and he also had a nasty 51 yard catch and run showing off them skills
1: uh, on the 51 yard catch really at first i was thinking score right when i got it you know i knew i was really wide open and it was you know dave's He he knew if we got this certain coverage that it was going to be a huge play, and we, we caught him in that coverage, so it worked perfectly exactly how he planned it. I don't even know if I've ever been that wide open in a game before and had that much room, but I was thinking score, and then the defense caught up to me pretty quickly. And um, After that, you know, all I was thinking then was don't turn a good play into a bad play. We're in the red zone. you know. It came down to I just wanted to protect the ball. Um, after a play like that, I have a lot of confidence that we'll get the ball into the end zone.
0: Number one rule for wide receivers – is be exactly where you're supposed to be so the quarterback can have faith in you. That's the biggest key in the game. And right now, I see that combination between Cole and Josh Allen. They starting to
1: vibe, man. I'm a big fan. And Cole is already one, too. You know, everybody sees Josh making throws and extending plays with his feet, but they don't really see how he remains level emotionally you know, throughout the many highs and lows of a football game. Um, It got as bad as it could really get in week one. He remained the same guy the whole time, you know, still pushing the unit, still competing, still leading. That's a good sign for a guy as young as he is, and um, that's really exciting to see. And that's that's hard to find, you know. A lot of guys under pressure, it's you know, you always want to see what a guy's about when he's dealing with adversity, and you know he handles it very well. And you can't even tell if he's going through a bad time or a good time. And that's um, a great thing to see from a young guy. And it's it's easy to follow a guy like that.
0: For the first time ever, the Bills have gone 2-0 on the road to kick off the season. That means good vibes all the way around in Buffalo, maybe even better than what Cole had
1: with the Cowboys. Really, it's just been exciting to get out there um, and experience something new. You know, I was with the same team for seven years, so you never really know what it's going to be like, but it's been a lot of fun just experiencing something different. It's a little bit more businessy at the at the Cowboys than it is at the Bills. I mean, we still get our work done, but at the same time, we still know how to have fun. You know, it's been the best thing about it. It's more of a high school feel with all the guys, all the coaches and the players. It just makes it, makes it seem like everybody's a little bit more close than maybe it would have been at the Cowboys. We had some tight teams at the Cowboys too, but I would say there was just one or two years where we were really, really tight at the Cowboys and the rest were just kind of, you know, everybody's going to work and doing their thing and then going home. But you know, the way, the way we do it in Buffalo, it just, it allows everybody to be more themselves.
0: All right, let's head back to Jacksonville. By now, most NFL fans know Jalen Ramsey wants to be traded away from the Jaguars. But why now, though, after only two games of the 2019 NFL season? Well, why don't we find out from the man himself?
2: So, yeah, requesting the trade was something that's kind of been building over a little bit of time. Uh, It has nothing to do with my teammates here. I love all my teammates here and it has nothing to do with the city. I love the city here. Uh, still doing my charity work here, still out with the fans, doing signing autographs, taking pictures, wherever, whatever it may be. I love the city here. I love my teammates. Uh, but it's more so with the the front office and the organization. I called my agent after the game. After the game, of course, it was tough in the locker room already. Uh, there had been an incident on the sideline with me and Coach. I didn't think much of that uh, in particular, because that, that happens from time to time, that it happens all across the league I mean we see we see Tom Brady get into it with his coaches and he's the greatest of all time and it's, it's, that's just passion man that's passion and emotion and I feel like that got blew up a little bit more than it should have uh, that happened early in the first quarter and I went out the rest of the game and you can see the production that I put out there on the field what I held hop to and you know how the whole defense played and honestly uh, it was just a moment it was just an incident and honestly we were kind of moved past it um Some disrespectful things were said on their end that made me definitely walk out and call my agent as soon as I walked out. And I told him, I said, uh, I said, it's time, my time is up here in Jacksonville. I said, I I wanna uh, ask for a trade. I was truly at peace. Like I wasn't in a mindset of making a a decision while I was angry. No, I was completely calm. Um, I still stand by that decision,
0: ask for a trade. So here's the thing As your host I want to be completely transparent on this journey That I'm on with you guys 17 weeks is supposed to be different It's supposed to be real It's supposed to be exclusive Unprecedented access What you just heard Is some of the realest shit You will ever hear From a player I heard it for the first time like you guys did Which is why you're hearing me respond like this You know when LeBron created this platform, Maverick Carter created this platform, the entire team that surrounds Uninterrupted. I don't think I've ever heard a player be so honest about a situation that we've been trying to dig into. I work in TV talking about the NFL five days a week. We couldn't get that information out of him. His local media couldn't get that information out of him. Initially, when I heard about Jalen Ramsey getting traded, I thought to myself, oh, man, one of the best corners in the business. He's making a rash decision because he's hot right now. He's all in his feelings. He's angry. And guys make bad decisions when they are angry. The fact that he just said, man, I left that locker room. I was cool, calm, collected. I wasn't angry. I didn't make that decision out of emotion. I just picked up the phone called my agent and told him my time is up that's real now multiple teams have reportedly shown interest in Jalen's services so if a trade materializes it's anyone's guess who's going to be the stop for one of the game's future greats speaking of greats adrian peterson all day, A.D. moved up to number four on the all-time rushing touchdown list this past week. And Titans honored Eddie George with the Jersey Retirement Ceremony in Tennessee. In honor of those two legends, Lev talked about his favorite running backs to watch while he was coming up.
3: I remember when I was coming out of high school to Michigan State, like a lot of people compared me to Eddie George about being a tall back, kind of with an upright running style. I looked at him a lot. Um, and watch his, you know, film and highlights a lot to try to find out why he was so great. Um, So he definitely, you know, helped inspire me to be the player that I am today. Adrian Peterson, he passed Jim Brown. And Adrian Peterson a little different because I was actually old enough to watch Adrian Peterson and kind of understand football. He just kind of changed the game for running backs. I mean, 100% he's in my top five. I hope he just, you know, keeps keeps playing. He's 34. He's 34. He's at that age where a lot of running backs don't make it there, you know, and um, last year, Adrian Peterson was still a producer, and he's out there this year going crazy. So I'm always pushing for Adrian Peterson and I hope he keep climbing that mountain, man. I, I've been watching the whole journey. So if I see him, you know, keep surpassing wherever he finishes at, I'll be able to say, like, I've seen it all. Barry Sanders was my guy. I mean, I remember Madden 2000. <laughs> Barry Sanders was my guy. I, I had to be like seven or eight years old playing that game. I remember I was just a little kid, and I would literally pick the Lions, and I would go to practice. Like, not even play an exhibition game. I would go to practice and just run Barry Sanders crazy. Like, I'm not doing no pass plays or nothing. And my, He's my favorite running back ever. He's, you know, spectacular to me. He he was just something different, you know. He definitely helped inspire me in so much things, and he probably don't even know it. because I never told him, but he's just one of those guys that I watch and highlights before the games, and so I still try to wonder, like, how in the hell he be doing some of the things he be doing. You know, it'd be magician-like. And Barry Sanders wasn't necessarily the fastest guy, but he was fast enough. But his change of direction and his strength and balance is what really separated him from, you know, just about any other running back that ever played this game. It looks like it just happened on accident, but he just kept doing it. You know what I'm saying? So it was just unbelievable. It's fun to hear Lev talk about the
0: guys that he grew up watching. There's a ton of running backs right now that are in Pop Warner, high school, college, probably some in the league that are mimicking Lev's running style, sitting back thinking to themselves, I'm going to be the next Le'Veon Bell. And now he's going to be seeing plenty of action with the uncertain quarterback situation in New York. I know in Dallas, they're comfortable with their quarterback situation, but with Dax' deal not done... Prescott has to be thinking about that money every single week. Cole Beasley has experienced it firsthand, how those conversations go with the ownership in the Big D. You
1: know, in this business, if they invest in you, then um, they're more likely to use you, many more opportunities, which is really all I cared about. I wanted to have a bigger impact. And um, you know, I knew if a team wasn't willing to, to kind of give me that money to make them use me, then... You know they weren't gonna be as enticed to use me, so um, that was really, you know, when 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 you say it's about the money, it, that can mean a lot of things. You know, because money invested in a player means they're gonna they're gonna do whatever they can to show why they invested that money in you. You know what I mean? So a lot of people think it's it's just oh he's just money hungry, he just um, that's all he cares about. He doesn't care about playing football, but that's not necessarily true. Everybody wants to be secure especially in this game where, you know, you can take a beating. But, you know, for me, it was, of course, being secure, but also securing more opportunities for me to help out the team. I feel like I could do more. I wanted to do more. I wanted the chance to do more. So I feel like I finally got that with the Bills. There was a little interest from New England. There was a little interest from the Jets. Um, and then the Cowboys obviously, oh, it was easy for me to move on because I don't know. the way they approached it, what I got from it was they they just thought they'd assumed that I was coming back regardless. you know, there was no way that I was leaving. I was from Dallas. I didn't even receive an offer. I didn't hear anything from the Cowboys. I mean Garrett had talked to me a few times, but that was it. There was nothing from um, from the front office. I didn't get anything till after that. and then they sent me the same the same deal three straight times back-to-back without changing anything, and I declined them every time. You know, they just told me, they said, we don't value the slot um, receiver like that, so, um, which I already knew, and that was, that was part of the reason why I wanted to, to go somewhere where they did. You know, it was just a better opportunity for me and, and my family, and, you know, I was excited for it. It's crazy to think that it's taken
0: so long to get a deal done for Dak Prescott. Just think about the quarterbacks that are injured right now. Big Ben snaps something in his elbow, He's out. Drew Brees hit his thumb on Aaron Donald's hand. We don't know when he's coming back. Trevor Simeon just got hurt. Cam Newton. We don't know what's going on with him. Nick Foles, the magic man himself. He's out. Over in NYC, Le'Veon Bell is no stranger to injury. His intensity at practice had the whole training staff worried about his shoulder last week. He explains his regimen on the practice field and why it's so intense and the frustration he felt when he was sidelined in 2015.
3: People heard throughout the whole week that I hurt my shoulder and I had the MRI and things like that. And I literally hurt my shoulder in practice, which is crazy. That, I didn't hurt it in the game. I hurt it in practice because I was kind of practicing too hard. If that makes sense, you know, and I was being a little extra and end up hurting my shoulder. There's people who kind of wonder, like, well, how is he able to get the ball, you know, 30 times or play every play? And it's literally because I literally, when I'm on the field, I try to leave everything on the field. So I'm literally so tired when I get off the field just because in my head, I'm thinking I'm about to use all my energy for this practice. When I hurt my knee in 2015 um, and I had to have surgery and then I had surgery on my growing in 2016, both of those injuries were frustrating in a sense, just because of the fact that at the time I was in the best physical shape of my life, and then I hurt my knee, and it was just unfortunate the way I hurt it. But when I got the surgery, you know, it sucked, you know, for obviously the first, you know, two months. But you know, you get back to rehabbing, and you get to that first part where okay, now I'm, you know, I'm walking without crutches, and all right, now I'm, you know, doing squats, and now I'm jumping, and okay, now I'm jogging okay, now I'm back to sprinting, okay, now I'm cutting, you know, when you, when you have those steps and you kind of achieving every one and you just see yourself getting back, it gets you excited, you know, and I hope that those guys get that same, you know, energetic feeling when their time is coming, you know, with Breeze, I guess it's about six weeks, you know, Ben will be for the season, you know, hopefully he, he gets it, um, and be back for next year, um, Trevor the same way, um, Cam, I'm not sure what's going on with him, but, you know, hopefully he gets, uh, help, but yeah, I just hope that when those guys do come back and they get healthy and feeling back to like themselves, they get excited about it and go out and ball. Cole Beasley was bitten by
0: the injury bug as well last season. He talked about how much extra work he had to put in just to manage the pain and how the Bills training staff set him up to play at full strength this year.
1: Um, really, toughest injuries I had were um, last season. Uh, I had osteitis pubis. Uh, which was inflammation over my pubic bone, and it was it was kind of making everything lock up around the area, my groin, um, my hips would always feel awful. You know, I really had to figure out a way to manage it because there wasn't really anything I could do at that point in time. It was just, it wasn't going to go away. It was just something I had to deal with the entire season. I, I had it in camp. So um, luckily I had some some good guys behind me that have helped me with stuff in the past, helped me get through injuries. Um and I was given a workout that I'd just have to do every Monday really after a game. I'd have to go in the day after the game and do this workout. And it was a lot of lower body stuff, or else I would feel terrible um for practice that next week. I actually took off on the bye week. Um and it was the biggest mistake of my life. I was like, I'm gonna rest a little bit, maybe this thing'll settle down a little bit. It got way worse. Everything got so stiff and that week of practice was was hell for me, really. And then I had to the high ankle sprain and I re sprained it probably two t- two or three times that season, same year, um, sprained my foot same year. So then I ended up, I came to the bills and I thought it was something that just time would go away. But then they told me, they were like, no, we need to, we need to take a closer look and ended up getting surgery this off season. And that was the first time I've had, I'd ever had any surgery uh, in my entire career of sports, um, was this, this past off season. Um, you know and it's it's kind of scary you never know if you're going to come back the same especially if you've never had surgery before I didn't know what it was going to be like you know and it was kind of weird because um I felt like my body had been kind of untouched if you will and I didn't want to really, really mess with it so you know it's really been for the best I've never felt better and I'm, I'm really glad that um I, I came to the bills and they figured this thing or helped me figure this thing out down in Jacksonville, Jalen Ramsey has never missed a game. He explains the things that he does to keep
0: himself out of the ice bath. We're all knocking on wood for you, Jalen.
2: I mean, I always keep faith in God. I always pray for health, uh, but I take care of my body tremendously well. I have a personal chef who cooks the right food that I know my body needs. I have, you know, a, a chiropractor, a doctor who comes in and does acupuncture and adjustments and I'd get massages and I stretch and I stay on the little things. I work on uh, the stuff that I feel like nobody else really works on. I'll, you know, stay in the weight room. Me and my shrimp coach have a good relationship. So I'm always staying on top of my body uh, because honestly, for me, my body is what my profession, I have to have a good body to go out there and be able to perform. Uh, My body is what's going to make the, make me the money. So as long as I can keep my body as healthy as possible, Uh, the longer I can play this great game of football that I love.
0: We're going to finish up this episode with Quick Outs, where our guys discuss off-the-field passions, hobbies, whatever else that makes them more than athletes. This week, Lev talks about his reaction to his new single and claps back at social media trolls. Jalen compares his My Player in NBA 2K to James Harden, and Cole Beasley goes full dad mode before teasing an upcoming song with a hip-hop legend.
3: Let's do it. The single is called G Code. Um, I did it with Lil Dirk. The crazy thing about this single is I literally just dropped the video to kind of see how it would do and how people would accept it. The first day I posted, I had like 12K views. Then, like, the second day, I had like 36 and then for some reason like two three days ago on my third day it was it shot up to like one thirty. i was like whoa you know what i'm saying the word must be out <laughs> and then uh you know I, like i checked today it was like 500 and people love the video and people love the song you know and i haven't even put it on you know music platforms yet and there's so many people kind of like took the audio from youtube and just put it on soundcloud so they can just still ride to it in the in the car so I'm like, oh, okay, like, people really liking this track, okay, so, I, you know, I, I'm going to put it on all social social platforms and, and music outlets, you know, because, yeah, this is like my best single that I've, I've ever released, you know, it's going bananas, obviously Lil Dirk, shout out to Lil Dirk, he told me like, hey bro, this about to go, this about to go crazy, he had told me, you know, and it was his idea for the whole music video, um, he came up with the concept, you know, so it was, it was fun, you know, and um, I'm glad he did that for me.
2: NBA 2K, I gotta have that my player. My player, that's the only thing I play. I'm either in the park or I'm, you know, playing the games in the career. This year, 2K 20. Right now, I'm playing with uh, the 76ers. I'm at shooting guard. They got Ben at the one, I'm at the two. You know, we got a little squad. My my player a little bit like James Harden playing the two. Uh, My defense ain't all that, I'm, I'm gonna keep it honest. My defense ain't all that, but on offense, I got the ultimate green light, and I'm saucing, I'm saucing you up, crossing you up, whatever. But, yeah, he cool. He looks like 6'5", 210. I got the ultimate green light. I'm like, I'm already, like, playing Curry on, on the game because I hit up Ronnie 2K, and he maxed out my badges and gave me a little attribute boost. And you know I had to buy the VC, so I'm already at a 95 now. And You can catch me in 2K balling.
1: After um, week two and on this day off, I've turned the page to the Bengals, but at home, I'm trying to figure out how to get my two-year-old to go to the bathroom like a normal person, but it has been very challenging. Um, he, he can go pee in the potty, but the number twos are we're really struggling with right now. For some reason, he does not want to do it. And then also, my four-year-old is is, is super emotional when I get home because he just started going to school, so... You know, we're working on managing those. At the same time, I'm trying to keep an eye on my seven-month-old daughter who's just learned how to crawl. So she's roaming the house looking for things she can put in her mouth because she's teething. I actually recorded a song with DMC from Run DMC uh, about two or three years ago. It's been done for a long time. Getting to do a song with DMC is a legend. And you know, I love to do songs with a lot of people. I love to do do one with Post Malone, uh, Eminem. Dr. Dre, would love to work with Dr. Dre. Kendrick, pretty much anyone from TDE. Actually, Lil Wayne would be a good one, too. I would love to do a song with Lil Wayne. He was big for me in high school. You know, everybody was on on Wayne at one point. You know what I mean? I like to think I was on him a little bit earlier, but I don't know.
0: (laughs) I hope you enjoyed this episode of 17 Weeks. This show is available exclusively on the Pandora app and Sirius XM On Demand. Be sure to subscribe so you can get notified every time an episode drops on Thursday. And if you like what you heard, spread the love, fam. Share the show, you know. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. I'm your host, AB. B. Shout out to my co-hosts, Le'Veon Bell, Jalen Ramsey, and Cole Beasley. This show is produced by Gabe Goodman, Gary Richardson, and Matt Ford. Sound design and music by Steve Porter. Our executive producer is TD Saint Matthew Daniel for Uninterrupted. Shout out on this episode: Lauren Jones, John Fontanelli, and Matt Paray.